So six podcasts in and I've realized that I haven't done any introduction to any of my podcasts. Uh, and since I have them on audio platforms now, Spotify, Apple Podcasts and Google Podcasts, I realized that, you know, a little bit of context is necessary. So, yeah, if you want audio versions of uh, these podcasts, please head on to those platforms and you'll find it under Gyrowaves. On today's podcast slash vlogcast, um, I've got a very special guy named Fahad Farooq, um, who is a corporate trainer and also a computer uh, and he has a plethora of knowledge on leadership and, you know, and how to, you know, you know, deal with being in a position of uh, a leader. So, yeah, I hope you guys enjoyed the podcast. There's a lot of, uh, you know, interesting, um, valuable information there and also a bit of fun tidbits here and there. So, yeah, I hope you guys enjoy. Fahad, thanks a lot for uh, <laughs> stepping in and sitting in with me and having a conversation. Um, I- eternally grateful for you taking the time because it's 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 um it's a difficult thing to do to so sit for one hour and talk to somebody and uh, anyway, have you have you been through quarantine well. <laughs> <laughs> that's true that's true so yeah so i mean the the reason i've been uh, uh i initially started this podcast is because i thought you know like a lot of people um forget to think about audio and video quality when it comes to making content online which is not the most important thing but the threshold to get good or video quality and audio quality is so low that everybody can easily do it with a little bit of effort that's how i started mm. the podcast but as i'm yeah. speaking to people you know i uh, figure out figured out that you know a lot of people have so many options in sri lanka now uh, apart from their nine to five job right and that's what i'm getting like all these creative people are making uh, you know uh, um a, a life for themselves and most of them are successful and they don't have to complain about i have a bad boss or i have you know a shitty work environment so i've been trying to get into people's minds um who do this kinds of thing and you know try and figure out what decisions they made throughout this whole you know existence for them to drive to choose you know a freelance or like a you know more self independent uh i would say work environment as opposed to a 9 to 5 so far like with you that's why you know want to start off with you know let's go back all the way to you know a levels or school you know in where <laughs> where i where where did you like graduate from with a levels and o levels or if the, if that the is. with all the interviews i've ever done <laughs> nobody's got that far back man like yeah. no one that's that's wow I feel yeah. like I need to recline and like you know like I go to unpack my entire childhood this is terrible oh no. <laughs> we'll skim over it well majang the thing is that um back when I was in school I was uh, I was the opposite of who I am now man I was right. I, I'm generally an introverted person okay wow but I, uh, I am I am I am <laughs> but yeah. there's this thing called being an ambivert mm-hmm. right where uh, for work mm. i just go into this amazing extroverted mode right. where you know like then i crave the the stage and the lights and the people right. and the programs right. i just i just i just get off that man yeah. but the moment i, mean, I finish yeah, that i just just to set the stage for the rest of the conversation i forgot to introduce like um in 30 seconds what are you and what do you do uh 
Hey guys, my name is Fahad Farooq. I'm a certified transformative coach. I'm also a trainer, compere, and a speaker. Yes, That's what I do. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So yeah, continue. I'm sorry, I just needed to get that uh, off the door. Um. So yeah, it's it it. And but the moment I get off stage, then I mm-hmm. then I revert back into my little shy, little introvert mode, and I and wow. I don't know what to say if I if it's a group of more than three people, oh, wow. and I have a set of like little standard questions in my head and interactions in my head. Right. It it takes me a while. Mm-hmm. Um. So back in school, I was that person, and okay. I wanted to be a, a marine biologist when I grew up. Oh wow! And my mother was like, "Are you crazy? Like, what? How are you going to make money in Sri Lanka being a marine biologist?" I was like, right. mm, "I guess." Right. Um, and then I fell into everybody else's track, man. Because back right. when I was in, so I'm 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 35 years old now, right. uh, and 15 years ago, like when I left school, everybody everybody was doing CIMA. Mm. and my dad was like go do cm i was like but i i i don't He's like just do it and i did it mm. and um that's what life was but in the meantime i managed to find a way to rebel against this uh you know this standard management accounting qualification i worked at mm. a radio station as a news reader right um i went in there to be a presenter but they were like presenter positions are filled but mm. we can take you as a news reader and i was there for 5 years even when i finished my cima and stuff right um but then i got suspended from that job right um, for like yeah and <laughs> then i decided holy on, shit what am i going to do <laughs> like hold on let's 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 go back you you wanted you you went and got a job wanted a job as a presenter right like how like apart from you know breaking away from the traditional doctor lawyer engineer you know accountant plan what made you want to you know go and uh, become a presenter i think machang i always had this um, small itch inside me right uh, to be a bit of a show because mm. you know i used to go for elocution classes and i would okay. love the aspect of speaking and mm. you know that little little show off he gassy type right, of right, type right. of thing right yeah and then um, my friend gayan he he used to play guitar really well and i was like could you teach me to play guitar and he taught me because mm-hmm. that was also an avenue for me to like sort of perform in in a right. sense right, right, right um but that's a different story so he gave me three chords g c and e and i practiced <laughs> it for a week and i went back and played it and i told him machang it doesn't sound the same right. and i've been practicing the chords upside down right <laughs> oh my the way God. he wrote <laughs> It was, it was a disaster. <laughs> then I switched to bass. I switched to bass, and then you know mm-hmm. we used to jam and stuff like that. But um, it was it was always this. There was this thing inside, like you know, oh, this doesn't mm-hmm. quite sit right. Also, right. to answer your question, it's in my nature, right? So from small mm-hmm. days, it's always very um, questioning things, like why is it like this? So right, um, right, right. I, I, I'm an atheist. I, I don't believe in any mm-hmm. magical people in the sky. Right. And it 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 was always a constant question, like why, 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 why is it always like this? So mm-hmm. that questioning nature has always led me to. um do we have to do it like this just because you know a large portion of the world is doing it like right, it's not right. the case right there are constantly alternatives available mm-hmm. um and i guess i was lucky enough to have opportunity and privilege line up at the right time mm-hmm. because not a lot of people have that right they have the question but you know their circumstances are such that they need to do the 9 to 5 because they need the money for their family type of thing right um so to answer that specific question of yours it it started with a with a um does it have to be this way right. and you know right, constantly right, right, looking right, right. for doors to go through that okay 
Okay, so presenter, you got suspended. Are you, do you want to talk about that? Because I, I really want to dig into it, but I don't know how, how, you, <laughs> how legally bound you are to not talk about it. <laughs> I, I don't think I'm legally bound. I, I think it was... Um, I'm just wondering, should I talk about it? I'm, I have no issues talking about it, but yeah. in my line of work, would it like... Okay, uh, let's, let's not no, it's, 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 mention any... Stations or <laughs> well, anybody who knows me knows. Okay, work, so <laughs> <laughs> okay, that's that's a problem. Yeah, it's, it's uh, at your discretion. No, but I'll, I'll I'll tell you the gist. Like I took a okay. news story. Okay. And the the story that I took was uh, I I checked out all my sources mm. uh, as we do before we take the story. But then the right. person I took the story about and you know the management there was some sort of like you know ah, okay. uh, how could you do this? This is like and I was right. like, but it's it's verified and right, like. Right, right, right. I don't know. The the area is pretty grey. Okay, okay. But so, okay. yeah. Yeah. It's that kind of thing. Okay. Understood. Yeah. <laughs> Let's move on. But okay, moving from that uh that job, right? So you switched on what happened? Like where did you go after that? You know, like um Ah man. After I got suspended from that job, I had my CIMA qualification. Mm-hmm. But um Everybody else who was doing CIMA was also interning at an audit firm for 2,000 rupees a month type of thing. Oh, okay. And I wasn't doing that, right? right? And I was like, you know, happily at my at my radio job. Mm. And then after I got suspended, which was realistically fired, even though they called it suspended. Yeah. Um, yeah. So then I was like, okay, I'm going to try this corporate thing. And I went for interview. So back then I had long hair, man. Right. I had long hair. And this dude who's going into places like, you know, I think I went to several of Sri Lanka's conglomerates for interviews okay. and all of them were like, so what did you do for the past four years? And I was like, I was a great right. decision. I'm like, okay. Because all the other applicants had like all this, like a fuck ton. Can we say bad words? Or yeah, you can, you can, you can. Not that it's a bad word. <laughs> they, had like a, they, <laughs> they had like a fuck ton of experience and I didn't have that. I just had like, you know, I used to be a news reader. I read news for four hours a day. Right. And they're like, yeah, we'll call you. And no, nobody ever called, right? Right. Um, because I didn't, I didn't have that. Hmm. Uh, but realistically, at the back of my mind, I was panicking, but I was happy. Hmm. Panic was like, holy shit, but like, what am I going to do? But right. there was also happiness in the sense of these places are rejecting me. Maybe hmm. there is something else there. But right. panic was high. I'm not going to lie. Right. Um, and then I, um, I was kind enough to be hired by an. Uh, um, by an advertising agency's publications arm. Mm. I had, I sucked at that job. I was really bad. Um, but but I loved the people there. Right. Um, I, I that that place has like great memories. I can tell you where. So it was that image wise was a part of Triad. Okay. Um, it was it was really nice working there, and like there are lots of stories in terms of how I was so bad at clients. So I was servicing clients there, right? Right. Um, and I was so bad at it. Like there was there was there were like some. I remember one time a client was yelling at me for something we hadn't done, and I did the golden not to do, which is but I I hung up the phone on the client. Oh. And instantly, instantly I knew right. This is like a dumb thing to do <laughs> but i didn't and I, like i panicked then and i was like i ran into my boss's room i was like uh boss the phone got she's like don't bloody lie and i know you cut the line but the, and i was like no <laughs> so uh, it, was must, a, it was a really great environment <laughs> he must have been a cool boss <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah she was a great boss she's she's right. she's still pretty chill okay and maybe saruchi a really really understanding boss right. she was like what did you do now like, okay. No, it was not like. Um, so yeah, so then I was there for a year, and then mm. I knew, man, that client servicing was not my thing. It was right. it just wasn't. 
Mm-hmm. And then, man, as luck would have it, how old were you at this, this point? I'm sorry, interrupting. Uh, uh, I was twenty-five. Twenty-five. Okay. Okay. Twenty-five, twenty-six. Right. Right. Um, and like looking back now, if I could tell my younger self, like, holy shit, man, don't panic. You don't have right. to have all that shit sorted out. But back right. then, it's like peer pressure, and you see your friends were like mm. working all these places, and you, like, you know, that stupid type of thinking that you you go through. Yeah. Um. I saw this wonderful ad in the newspapers, and it just blew my mind. Right, mm-hmm. it said, "If companies were cars, uh, we look under the hood, we tune the engines, we check tire pressure, and we make sure that they're running smoothly." And I like, mm-hmm. I I didn't know what this place did. Yeah. I was like, I need to apply here. This sounds amazing. Oh, wow. Like, <laughs> I like, what is this place? And I applied, and my parents are like. What what is wrong with you? Like what is wrong? Why do you keep gravitating towards this? Like you know, mm. non mainstream, mm. not a big job. Like what is wrong with you? Yeah. And I went, and that place was a corporate training company. Okay. And that's when I began my journey as a corporate trainer at that place. Oh, that's pretty interesting. Okay, before we get into that, that there's another thing that I really want to speak to you about because uh, chronologically speaking, yes. So. When I have to speak in English, right? So this is this is something that I'm so envious of people who you know do who create content online, right? When you guys, I have to try extremely hard with my skills as a videographer to make my me you know very uh, pronounced in my frame, right? But for people who can speak well like yourself, um, it comes out obviously with years of training. You guys have that presence, right? So for me, when I was growing up. I thought in school I went to St Joseph's College. If you speak spoke proper English, uh, it means you're like trying to you're a wannabe, right? So because of that, you know, I slurred. My we were slurring. We were all slurring, and the only people who could understand each other were ourselves. And as soon as I had to go and speak <laughs> to my uh, one of my dad's friends, they're always like, "Sorry, sorry, what are you saying?" <laughs> Stuff like that. So yours, like you speak pretty clear, right? Is that something that you had to like? You naturally had because you were in radio stations and you know you were, you were. How did that skill come about? Like, but I know it's like a pretty mundane um, uh, question, but like I feel like that's a lot of problems that are there on people who are creating online content at the moment, right? You know, they just. I have the problem all the time. I do, and I and I realize that now when I speak in front of a camera, my accent is completely different to how I normally speak. So how did that come up, come about like for you? Um, so similar experience for me in school because mm-hmm. I went to a school that was formerly known as Saint Joseph's College South. Okay, wow. <laughs> Currently known as Saint Peter's College. <laughs> um, so um, th- that. It's it's kind of weird, right? You know how people say that uh, people put on an accent when they speak. Mm-hmm. This is not how I would normally speak if I was having a conversation. Right. Example. Uh, this is this is how I normally speak if I have a conversation, right? Right, right, right. But if I was if I was if I was doing a training or a program or if I'm doing something, then it's then each word is like a grain of rice for me, right? Right. So I take each word and mm. I pronounce each word uh, like a grain of rice. Right. So this does a couple of things because my brain is working fast to generate what I'm going to say, mm. but my mouth 
uh, if I keep up at that speed, then more mistakes are going to come out. Mm. It's just going to be a continuous slur of whatever. So I mm. make it a point, right? Doesn't matter how fast this is working, it's going to get processed, and each thing is going to take uh, a significant importance by itself. Okay. So how I normally say it is, each thing is going to take a significant importance by itself, right? right. But if I'm yeah. if I'm on video or something, so I say each thing is going to take a significant importance by mm. itself. Right. Now, when someone's listening to it, uh, that entire thing sounds like a bit of a performance, right? Because mm. each word is like given a duty stage and it's presented. Right. Um, so it's a conscious effort, and mm. it's it's two different personalities, right? So if you're if you, if someone is here to hear you speak, right? So in my line of work as a compere or a trainer or developing content online, they are not here uh, to listen to look at my backgrounds, right? Maybe it adds mm. a bit of value, but they're here to listen to the words. Mm. So that means. We need to move away from this idea of, hey, my idea is really great. I'm just going to translate this idea to you. Take the idea at value. Uh, the listener doesn't see it like that because right. it's what they see and hear. Mm-hmm. So then in order for your idea to be you know, presented well, slow the entire thing down. Mm-hmm. Slow it down and each thing you say has to be thought out. Right. Um, mm. And that gives you space to enunciate and have an impact word and, you know, change your tone and stuff like that. Right. It gives you more time. Right. Interesting. So this is like something that you probably worked on for years, I'm assuming. This is... Uh... Yeah, it didn't come naturally. Well, right. What? <laughs> <laughs> okay. Okay. Interesting. So you have a switch in your brain that you like switch on and off whenever depending on where you're presenting. Yeah. I guess, right? So like when, whenever, whenever my... Uh, whenever we... We need to go to a place and, you know, mm-hmm. there, are, there are some Sri Lankan uh, hotels and stuff that when they see that you're local, the amount of treatment they give you is a bit less. Yeah. <laughs> um, so then my friend Nalina always says, mm-hmm. uh, he says in Singhala, <laughs> So then I was like, excuse me. <laughs> and then they're like. <laughs> and they're like, okay. So I mean, yeah, turn the I, shwang on. Yeah. I mean, okay, just to go off a tangent here like when my parents watch my videos i get a little self-conscious because they know how i normally speak <laughs> does that happen to you when you're like when some of your close friends see your videos and you, i i hate it when they watch my videos in front of me because i know that's not how they i speak and they're gonna like you know like it's like you know pick it pick up me <laughs> uh, i think See, I've been doing this job for about 10 years now. Right. And I think people have sort of become desensitized. They know that, okay, ah, if Fahad's okay. doing a thing, then this is how he talks. Right. Um, if he's like this, this. It's not even an accent. It's just, I just become more, the words mm. are more polished. Right, right, right. More right. polished, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I think over the years, I've like, initially I thought it was an accent, but now I'm like, okay, that's proper English. Just You just speak <laughs> proper English. It's not... <laughs> It's not really, it's like there's a difference when you speak or we all speak proper English as to yeah. opposed to like an American or a British person speaking that there's a complete difference right there. So now yeah. I accepted that, you know, I need to start speaking properly um, because other people need to understand me, especially when I uh, like go abroad uh, and then I have to speak to some guy in a shop or something. They're constantly like, what, what, what? It's not because it's just because I'm slurring, right? So yeah. <laughs> So, yeah, I mean, that's what I'm really, you know, whenever I see your content or people who are, you know, really good, I'm so envious because it comes difficult to me. <laughs> but but um, the, the trick, man, is just yeah. uh, the simple thing you can do is mm-hmm. to slow down how you speak. 
Right. Just consciously slow it down. Mm-hmm. Then each word has a value. Okay. And then that's the starting point. Can I right. speak slower? Right. Interesting. Okay. So, corporate training. Okay. Now, this is something where I've had a lot of um, sticks with, <laughs> not with the corporate training, about the corporate in Sri Lanka. Right. So, there is this um, statistic that a lot of people say that they leave their jobs, not because their job is hard, but because they have bad managers. Right. How... Is that a statistic or is that a wonderful internet quote? No, I think it's a statistic because I was looking this up. I can't remember. Uh, I was having this conversation because I am also working for an American company that's here in Sri Lanka. And I'm looking at this because I'm, I'm in a privileged place to be a manager to other people. So I've been looking at this uh, uh, situation and then I've been researching why people... And then there's been a number of studies, but I can't remember. But I realized that, okay, people, that was... I should probably put it up in the edit saying, okay, this is the statistic. But let's yeah, say yeah. It's, it's a statistic. Do you think that that's true, that quote? Like, people leave their jobs because of their... Uh, yes. Money. But okay. that is... Uh, it's, it's two sides, much. So, like, mm-hmm. you know, first off, it's a wonderful line to hear. Right? Mm. Like, it's like one of those sexy, catchy lines. Yeah. Like, did you know that... Right. And then people, like... Everybody at some point in time has had a bad experience with their manager. Mm -hmm. Uh, So immediately when you hear that, you latch on to it, right? Yeah, Yeah. my manager is a bloody asshole. No wonder. If I had a better opportunity, I would leave. Mm -hmm. Um, But imagine this, right? Imagine your your boss is a real dick, but Mm. you really need the money. Mm. You would stay, right? Mm. Uh, Or your boss is a real dick, but you're you're insensitive to it. You would stay, Mm. right? Mm. Or your boss is a real dick, but you're there to get the experience. So you would stay. Right. right. So I think there are lots of circumstances. Uh, mm-hmm. Again, I don't know about the statistics, okay. but I think shitty managers are probably one of the primary reasons for people to leave. Right. Um, okay. And over this over this period of working from home, mm-hmm. I've had a lot of my friends, a considerable number of friends who've messaged me and said, hey, dude, I want to leave my job. What do you think? And I'm like, why? My manager doesn't understand the boundaries of working from home. They think I should be available 24-7 type of, you know, various things. And they're so demanding. Mm -hmm. And even at work, they're making my life a living hell and stuff like that, right? So Mm -hmm. it's a real thing. Um, However, as with anything, it doesn't exist in a vacuum, Mm -hmm. right? Your manager being a shitty manager doesn't exist in a vacuum. There are so many other variables. Um, And I think that we need to look at all of these variables, Mm. maybe one of these variables is so overpowering that you have to leave, Mm. but um, it's not the case. But Mm. coming back to your question, we are never taught how to be leaders or managers. Right. Right. If you look at a manager in a traditional Sri Lankan organization, they were performing really well at their role, Mm. right? And then they get promoted to a role of taking care of people um, who are performing their old role. So like, let's, a very simple example, you're, you're a sales executive or whatever, and then you become a sales manager, mm. right? And then you have like, you know, other sales executives or sales reps under you. Mm. Uh, this person now assumes that being a manager is doing their previous role at an elevated level when that's right. not the case. Right. The amount of skills that you need, uh, the scope of skills that you need are different because now you're managing people mm. and, you know, you need to get them to do their job. There's more uh, enablement required, more empowering right. required. Right, 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 right. But now this person thinks, holy shit, I got promoted. Uh, I need to out 
perform my target i need to show these people who is boss right. uh, so let me just cut them down and do this thing better right uh, mm-hmm. so the organization has failed because they haven't understood what it needs to be a manager mm. uh, our entire education system has failed this person's parents have failed right. and suddenly there is this dude who has never taught what it what it needs to be a leader what it takes to be mm. a manager they've only been taught you are evaluated on your performance mm. you got to this position because of your performance and then this person is like so same formula right right so uh yeah. and then i mean that, like that things just are, trickles down the my mind is like exploding in my head cuz uh cuz i've cuz i've i mean i joined this company 5 years ago at, at the bottom uh, you know like just like with everybody else and you know step by step uh, it has it has changed into and i i in the beginning i was in that mentality okay you know what now that i'm here i need to you know double up my performance and it was not about the people right so that's that's, that's crazy um is is this like a worldwide problem because you or is this like more sri lanka based i think uh, it's a global problem in the sense like when did you have a leadership class in school mm. like have you heard of any i mean maybe maybe there are countries where they have leadership as part of the curriculum right. when did you have people management away from theory mm-hmm. right so even in even in latter there's people management as theories right. but never the emotional aspect of managing another human being right right um so if there are modules that discuss those things then yes people are being educated but it mm-hmm. never happens okay um it only happens after they come to this stage as adults when these bottles are full their opinions are formed their personalities are crafted and created and then some dude comes from nowhere is like hey corporate mm-hmm. training time let's oh, talk wow. about leadership and then this dude right. is like the fuck you on about dude yeah <laughs> i think thing. yeah that's true that's the, the leadership on the leader, only the leadership course that i've ever taken is when i was in my last year as a as a as a to do my bba so that's like mm. when i'm like well plus 24 25 right i've never had a lead, anything to do with leadership in a in a in a structured like in a way other than okay you're yep. you're in a hockey team or in a basketball team which is very passively addressed right uh, so i've that's that's true i've never had a situation where somebody spoken And to me about it a, a, another problem is that um, like somebody who's been a part of a sports team has a mm. slightly higher advantage over somebody who was not when they were a kid right however that system is also kind of flawed because okay. uh you tend to look at it as uh, let's say for example someone's the captain of like the cricket team or rugby team or whatever mm. you get a little bit of sense of people management but there's also pressure on you to because you're you're somewhat peers right mm. um and there's pressure on you to perform and you also have to do things right. and like it's 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 a slight advantage but it's not not ever the same hmm. like the captain yeah. also wants to be man of the match or whatever right that's true that's true um, there is, there is a performance the, scale there as well right like, yeah that's so true so yeah. it's like because the performance scale is similar to the performance scale of the other players hmm. but when you become a corporate leader that dynamic changes right. and there is no scale for us to distinguish <laughs> interesting um let's okay I'm pretty sure you've you've seen a lot of cult, like company or corporate cultures in this country, right? Um, now I again I have I can draw experience on my end because I've worked with this one American company for the past years, and uh, we have uh, gone through a couple of uh, leaders in our in our office simply because uh-huh. they they try to make an autocratic environment. Uh, Whereas right. the company was, since it was an American company, 
you know the american counterparts they came with a very loose culture where you know people did their own thing uh and you know the company grew because of that and then you know certain traditional managers were hired and then things went to shit and then it ended up you know the entire company rebelling against right. this person and not, and you know the culture prevailed so right how important in your opinion is this corporate culture right which is a big haho right now right everybody all the companies want to say we have a, like a really good culture and all of this how of it how much of it is actually true like when people say we have you know a very very you know free culture or an open culture how much do the companies in sri lanka actually practice what they preach in that in that sense in your opinion in sri lanka um before we get to that we need to ask the question of how uh, bosses and employees perceive culture okay um have you heard people say i am stuck in traffic yes right yeah but that's wrong right you are not stuck in traffic mm-hmm. you are traffic interesting like <laughs> if you are in your car right. and you're surrounded by other cars mm. the way we think about it is like hey look at all this traffic right but that is wrong right right right, right. you are part of it and everybody's part so i am traffic mm. i am creating this traffic right um that's 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 a, that's a perspective change we need to make in terms of how we look at culture um so when someone says i don't like the culture there uh, they are removing themselves from their contribution to this culture good or bad right um say your company has like a shitty gossipy culture and you're and you're telling one of your friends hey i don't like how this company has a gossipy culture what the fuck are you doing you are traffic right so the the homo sapiens is such that it's always it's like that classic thing right who wants change everybody raises their hand who wants to change not not one person raises their hand right so um now when it comes to culture the bosses usually uh, might want a better culture and the way they say it is hey we want a better culture a more open culture um but rarely does it turn around and say hey this is what i am doing to ensure this culture um so that that and i've worked with plenty of organizations in sri lanka who do that right this is what i'm doing for this culture um so the first thing i think is that we need to change how we look at it in terms of what is my even tiniest contribution to this if you are gossiping to a friend outside work saying hey this culture is like so you are part of that culture because to your friend you are a person who works there and you are saying things you are propagating that idea um so there are organizations who have really really great cultures in terms of what they stand for and the biggest example i see in how they do that is or the biggest indicator is that everybody across the line lives it right so so there isn't a boss who says hey we have a really open culture then glows and closes himself up in like a, a sealed out cubicle and you have to make an appointment to see him right it doesn't work that way um so culture is something that we all are currently doing and that idea needs to come into your head so i don't like the culture here can only be applied to someone who comes on their first day sits down sees something and then decides in their head i don't like the culture but if you've been there for at least a week or two then sorry to say man you're part of it 
you are traffic wow that's i never looked at it like that this is this is brilliant uh so you okay let's let's go back to uh the whole you are traffic right like let's say okay me i'm 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 in a management position okay um uh what how do i figure out what's wrong if there is an in, uh, performance gap okay in in an organization or in your um, team how what, what how do i figure that out so uh, the the easiest example the easiest indicator is before you do that figure out the context of an organization right say a person who is managing um let's say somebody who's managing a team of uh, street cleaners right uh, they are doing sort of manual labor so their manager has a different sort of sort of scope right so it's not a leadership philosophy of one thing fits all so first figure out what what's your expectation as a manager or leader within your organization like what's the scope what do you need uh what what is this end goal that you're driving towards um within that you need to figure out what's your technical role and what's your leadership role right so so that that line has to be as clear as it can be it's never going to be cut and dry it's always a blurry line but in terms of my performance what is required in terms of me as a leader what is required from then on you need to figure out where are the gaps within those roles um so if you can't be like a great leader but doing a shitty ass job in your personal deliverables right then you're fail so we use this word performance gap really largely right so uh, to to go back to an example of organizations that commonly fail is there's a person in a leadership position they say hey your leadership sucks but their bonuses and their salaries and their increments are all calculated based on their performance there is no weight or value given towards the leader so the, this guy has like zero incentive financially or promotion wise to be a better leader because like dude i'm not judged on any of these things um so it's it's always best to figure out the context of the organization like what do you need from me as a performer as a leader then comes the next stage right so based on these things you need from me what are the gaps um and these gaps can't be they have to be a mix of subjective and objective right you ask someone can your boss be better 90% of people will say of course they could be better right you ask someone um uh do you want more pay 90% people of course i want more pay so if you open the question like that it's always yes you could be better right you but if you figure out this is what the organization needs from me these are the behaviors or aspects or traits or little verticals i need to be focusing on then you can ask targeted questions right um you could ask your subordinate hey in terms of when you have a problem and you feel the need to reach out to someone uh, do you see me as that type of person and what's blocking it so that's a specific question that's better than hey do you think i could be a better leader um so it's always in order to change you need to go down to that granular level right because change is not an idea it's an action and we need to figure out what those actions are so um to answer your question in terms of you know if i see a performance gap i would like you know what is measuring their performance what's their end goal your company needs from you um what do you mean by gap like what are the specific verticals the gap exists in and what do you mean by you know uh, improving it like you know where are you now where do you need to go type of thing a lot of people lost their jobs over the past couple of months right uh, and then there's going to be an influx where people are going to be needed again after you know the economy stabilizes um what how how can, how can someone go about you know okay learn from the fact that they've been laid off 
uh, and then they be working in a volatile industry or whatever uh, that situation is how how should people prepare themselves to you know like apply for new jobs or if, even if that's a thought that uh, you if you have any opinions on that what should these guys do if you've lost your job right now right because it does affect your mental health as well um to a certain degree what would they do next uh first off man i don't think that for a person stuck in a position or uh, of them losing their job mm-hmm. any amount of inspirational or motivational talks are not going to help that person because mm-hmm. you're in a position where sally na right yeah right yeah. uh, i think the biggest learning that we all need to take is that uh, if your job um was your only source of income mm. then you're destined to be fucked mm. right because right. if if this money is the only money coming in then you it it when it goes then as you, as most people are discovering now they're gone right. uh, this is the fault in how we think because from smaller days it's been uh, study hard get a good job and perform right. and that will be there forever mm. but with how the world operates right mm-hmm. we need to diversify our income streams and i don't mean this type of um, other options available where like you know i'll do some forex and i'll get some bitcoin and mm-hmm. i'm not talking about those mm-hmm. i'm talking about things that you can do that your effort will yield an actual result mm-hmm. um i'm not shitting on those things because i don't know enough about those things but if you have a diverse set of skills then uh maybe you can have a side gig where you're designing doing some graphic design right uh maybe you can have a side gig where you're doing like voicings mm. or maybe you can have a side gig where you're doing tuition mm. or maybe you're uploading content on youtube uh what i'm saying is the opportunities to earn money are no longer limited to going to a person and saying give me a job right it is now open to a scope of hey what's my skill set can i find a place where these skills are needed mm-hmm. right yeah. so for example if you're really great at talking like uh, you know coming up with stupid shit in your head mm-hmm. and making people laugh then there is a market for that right right you don't need to find somebody paying you for that so mm-hmm. the idea is don't wait until your 9 to 5 needs you again mm-hmm. that's good but spend time on diversifying your income streams mm-hmm. but it can't be like i put in an effort of 10 and i'm getting a return of 1 i'm working really hard you got to be smart about it right mm. so you're putting an effort of 2 to get a return of 1 maybe in the short term or you're putting mm. an effort effort of 3 so it's smaller efforts but diversifying so for me uh, until i until i do this now like i dabbled in uh, portrait photography right. wedding photography oh, wow. i did a couple of weddings right. um then i i tried uh, i tried my hand at playing in a band mm. uh, then i um, Yeah, I tried to get into conceptualizing like you know parties and stuff mm. with a friend of mine right. a long time ago. Right. Um then this speaking so it's always diversified. So even now as I'm busy, you know, doing training stuff, I haven't stopped with my comparing. That's also a, a parallel avenue right. for me. Right. Uh, I haven't stopped with the whole voicing stuff. Mm. I haven't stopped with the online content because it's always diversified. Say one channel fails, there has to be other channels to generate money for you. Right. So the biggest thing that people are now looking for is as they've come out of 1 to 5 to look for another space that will give them that consistent stream of revenue right which probably is a bad thing to do right yeah waiting for uh, another consistent so right now 
I think they should look at options of diversifying. How broad can you go? How can you fan out as much as possible? Mm-hmm. How can you acquire little skills that are needed? Uh, you know, that's not going to take a lot of your time. And ultimately, how can you revert to a point of passive income? So when you up after and YouTube gets monetized, mm-hmm. right? And you upload your video, then that's a stream of passive income, right? Because mm-hmm. you know, people watch, you get money, type of thing. Right. Um, but it's all about moving away from. let me get this job i'm getting x amount of rupees per month i can mm-hmm. save this month i'm sorted no that thinking needs to change right interesting ah oh, i mean i just i wish i could have this conversation like 3 4 hours but there's so much here but anyway to just to wrap things off right i want to go back to those massive posters in the background <laughs> where i did oh, the man. love for that and you have some really nice like uh, you know like toys like I'm, i'm not gonna call it toys in the sense not like toys but like man's toys there <laughs> this this is this is this is an indication of the scale right this is my hand yeah I can <laughs> can imagine um where did that start <laughs> oh man i i think i've been a i've in 1991 my dad went to singapore yeah i was born and he came back with <laughs> i was 6 <laughs> he came back with three yeah. uh teenage mutant ninja turtle comics right right okay and back then tmnt wasn't big in sri lanka mm-hmm. and these were like i think they were second editions or whatever right. and i still have them oh wow and these comics just it just captured me man it just and I was like, "Whoa, what's this world?" Mm. And then as I was growing up, there was Voltron, yeah. uh, there was Silverhawks, mm-hmm. uh, and of course Thundercats. And <laughs> these were things that uh, yeah. uh, well there's a, I'll try to show you there's this other one more. Yeah. So um there's there's a, there's an Ninja Turtles poster there as well. Okay, yeah. So these were things that sort of really captured my uh, my imagination as a kid because mm-hmm. I was like, "Hey, because uh, you know i i would pretend to be all of these things right and then and then i discovered uh, i discovered batman and <laughs> it immediately yeah. resonated with me because he was just a regular dude right. filthy rich mm. but who had um, all these little gadgetics and it was his, just his wits and his money mm. that managed to do all these things and i just i just disappeared into that world man right. i mean um and and something that i i really live by is mm. uh I, i don't know if you guys can can see this but uh those uh can, can you see that oh okay nice others so Av- avatar the last airbender yeah uh and the moment i saw that series i was like holy shit right this is this is this i have no words mm mm-hmm. and you know all these uh, mm. the elements of earth fire wind and water like even when i speak i use something called the four yeah, elements right? yeah so, yeah it's, it's all that yeah yeah <laughs> earth is grounded fire is like yeah, all of these things and um for me the world of comics is uh, an escape mm. right which is why i was really pissed off with uh, how uh, end game um ended oh, okay because like Very- you know Like I watch comics to to get away from how sad life is. Like I don't want mm. two of my favorite spoiler alert dying, yeah. right? And one of them unceremoniously dying. Like Natasha Romanoff is like probably like one of my favorites, right. mostly because of Scarlett Johansson. Yeah. Like like so so unceremonious, like like mm. like an insult. Right? Yeah. 
and then I was like, mm, I'm just pissed off with this. Uh, time <laughs> ah, so serious. comics for that me is like a bit tough for you at that time because if you because for me it was just I wasn't that much of a fan boy, but like I can imagine yeah, what you were going so, through. Like, what the hell, man? It's like not okay. cool. Right. I'm glad you showed me your tattoos because I've spoken to everybody. Like this is everybody about tattoos as well, and I and I because I didn't see a visible tattoo on it. I didn't. Uh, so you have so I have how many I tattoos? Have three have tattoos. Wait, I have three. Okay. Uh, there's there's one the first one I got it's it's, a, it's an owl on my back okay um and inside the owl there's like planets and um, what's the scale of the owl is it uh so it's, it's bigger than your palm it's, uh, it's bigger than my palm right okay. it's about uh, I don't know how to... is it from shoulder it's to shoulder no, no, it, it, it's from about here to, well, if you, I don't know if you can see, like, showing the scale on this is right, really hard, right, yeah, but it's about, it's about that big. Okay, okay, interesting. <laughs> uh, then on my leg, I have a tattoo of a lynx, mm-hmm. uh, because that's what Fahad means oh, okay. in, uh, is it Persian or some, or some language? Mm-hmm. Fahad means lynx, which is a wild cat. Right. So <laughs> I have that tattoo. Um... So yeah, the next one will probably be some sort of astronaut one or a Batman and Joker right. one. I haven't decided. Interesting. Yeah, I mean, I've I've always yeah. wanted to. I mean, I had I have one tattoo on my hand, and I, and I've always wanted to get tattoos, but I keep saying this in every podcast. It hurts so much. I got it in two thousand twelve, and I want to have a sleeve. I do you have a high tolerance for pain? Because that's the thing that scares me the most. Like, oh, are you used to it? Well, it depends on where you get it, right? right? So if you get a tattoo on a really fleshy part, the pain is much less than a bony right. part. Yeah, I've heard that too, but still, it, uh, it's so scary. <laughs> but you've gotten it here, right? Yeah, it's, it's here. That's supremely sensitive area. Oh, really? Right? Like, you know. <laughs> okay. <laughs> yeah. I need to. So, yeah. Okay. Who, in you, would you recommend any tattoo artist in Sri Lanka? Who would you recommend? Who would you, who would you go to? Oh, Demo. Right, I would recommend right, Demo. Right. No, no doubt. He's a little hard to get. I would recommend him. He's flying in and out constantly as well. Yeah, but Demo is really hard to get. But um, uh, from all from Demo's like his his um, craft mastery and the craft right. are like okay. like nobody else I've right. seen. Interesting. Not that I've seen like tons of them, <laughs> but you know Demo yeah. is just like. You know, so are you planning on like? What's your philosophy with tattoos? Do you want to get more? Or are you, as, as of as course, of course. Like you know, tattoos are a way of reminding me of things that I love. Right. So like, you know, every time I see my hand, I'm reminded of Avatar The Last right, Airbender. Right, right. Um, and I do stupid shit, right? Like when I'm feeling really sick, I like, like do childlike shit. I'm like, <laughs> okay, I need, I need, I'm going to press the button. This, that's what I like. <laughs> it's like really dumbass eight-year-old shit yeah. that I do. But uh, yeah, it, 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 it helps. Dude, I mean, this has been an interesting conversation. I try to, you know, uh, put in a lot of questions that I have for myself. And I'm sure, sure a lot of people are going to, you know, as at least the few or the 90 to the 150 people that watch this, you know, it's going to, it's going to, because uh, my channel isn't that big as yet. Uh, but I'm, I'm great. That's, that's one of the things that I've, I've, uh, I've, I think that people need to change in how they do mm-hmm. content, right? I mean, imagine mm-hmm. you were in school yeah. and somebody told you, hey, there are going to be 100 people mm. who will actively listen to what you're yeah. going to say. Like, fuck, really? 100? <laughs> oh my, that's amazing. Right. But now we get so desensitized because mm. we see all these people who have like thousands of millions of views that's and we true. disregard this 100. But man, that's that's still a big ass number, true. dude. That's like... I remember... And it's, yeah. it's how I look at it. Like, yeah, I remember having to do... Like when you do 
when we I used to be a metal band, right? I I had dreadlocks and all the works, and we would get excited when there's two hundred, two hundred fifty people at a at an underground gig. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> so, dude, yeah. that's amazing. So, so yeah, it's perspective, and yeah, you have like such a good point there um, with the whole numbers thing. But yeah, man, I'm I'm eternally grateful uh, for you stepping and have a conversation, uh, and I'm and I'm sure. Oh, my pleasure, brother. I had a great time. Yeah. Uh, this has been one of the most diverse <laughs> chats I've had because we like we went across so many areas, <laughs> and it was it was like you know it was pretty amazing. Yeah, Thanks. I'm, I'm glad. I'm glad.